so uh, I was I got a, a text message the other day from uh, someone in my church that uh, had some questions about prayer. And so uh, I picked up the phone and called them and talked for a little while. And she works at night and is not able to make our midweek Bible study. And so I just said, you know, what night during the week are you available? And I will do what I can to do a Bible study and uh, we'll do it online and uh, you can participate and I pray it'll be a blessing. And so tonight is our first Monday night uh, online Bible study that we've done in a long time. So, so the question is uh, why some prayers are not answered. Uh, before I delve into that question, I, I just want to start out by just talking about prayer. Uh, yesterday morning, I had mentioned to my wife a, a song that had been on my heart about prayer. And uh, she sang it during our Sunday morning worship. And during the song, while it was played, I had in my heart to ask those that might have special needs to come forward, whether it's physical, spiritual, financial, family. If you have something in your life you want God to help you with, if you'll come forward, uh, we'll, we'll pray for you. And so uh, we did that. And, and we, we try to do that on a regular basis. And uh, it's, the reason why is we really do believe in the power of prayer. And specifically, uh, there is a special blessing that, that comes to us uh, when we pray together. And uh, the Bible talks about the laying on of hands. There is uh, biblical precedent. And actually, uh, even Jesus gave promise that there were certain things that would follow those that believe. And, and one of those things Jesus declared, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so we try to make that a practice. I believe in the power of prayer and there's many different kinds of prayer. Uh, and, and the most common, the most common prayer that every believer should experience is personal prayer time, your daily relationship with God. And, and that can, that can, you can experience that in many different ways. Uh, <clears throat> you wake up in the morning and you're doing your daily rituals, uh, whether it's drinking coffee or eating your cereal or reading the news, uh, driving to work. Uh, there is just kind of that uh, conscious communication Thank you for this day, Lord. Help me today. God, keep your hands on my children. And it's not focused prayer, but it's prayer that, that you engage in, that you just kind of, it's breathing prayer. You just, you just, just talking to the Lord uh, like you might talk to yourself. I, I suppose most of us do that. I do. <laughs> and, uh, but talking to the Lord, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be deep. It's just simple. Lord, help me today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help my kids, help my wife, help my, my dad, help my mother. 
And this type of just uh, conversational, ongoing prayer, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. And I believe that's one of the ways that we carry on a conversation with God throughout the day is we pray as we go and we are connected to God in our mind, in our heart, in our thoughts. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. That's one type of prayer, and I believe it's very valid. I believe it's uh, edifying, but that doesn't free us from the need for focused prayer, prayer that we actually stop doing what we are doing, unplug from whatever we are plugged into, and we, uh, we communicate with God. Lord, I love you. <laughs> Talk to God, God. I thank you, Lord. And I believe it is that area of stopping and what you're doing and to purposely participate in the focused prayer that that is really where prayer has the greatest effect in your life. And, and we're going to talk more about that, but I just kind of wanted to set the stage about prayer in the background of my video tonight is uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And I would say most of you probably know what that is. And uh, the Ark of the Covenant, along with the whole tabernacle, everything in the tabernacle is a type and a pattern for prayer. We can actually, in our heart and our mind, walk through the various uh, stages of the tabernacle pattern and it can be one of the ways we pray. And uh, I, I find the uh, picture of the mercy seat to be such an edifying idea. Uh, it's wonderful. So, so without further ado, let us, let us discuss and think about why some prayers are not answered. You, you, I'm sure we all know that experience praying about things, and uh, a week goes by, month goes by, <laughs> longer, and we may pray about it, and it just, it just doesn't seem to happen. Why are some prayers not answered? And so we're going to kind of explore that, and I'm going to try to do this in a pretty timely manner. I don't want to I mean, you're, you're going to leave. It's not like being in church. You know, you, you're there till it's over. But, you know, if you are actually watching this for more than three minutes, you are a, an exceptional individual because watching things online, we're so distracted. You can come back and watch. I encourage you, uh, those of you that might want to uh, type where you're watching this from, uh, if you wanted to ask a question or if you have a prayer request, I will look at all of these uh, when I get through tonight. And uh, I will pray for whatever prayer requests are uh, told us. So, so why are some prayers not answered? Uh, one of the first reasons why prayers are not answered uh, is sin in our life. Uh, this says here, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from the Lord 
your sins have hidden his face from you so that he uh, will not hear. And so that's, that's the first reason why prayers are not answered. You know, I've heard people say the Lord doesn't hear a sinner's prayer. Well, <laughs> then he doesn't hear anybody's prayer because we all have been and often find ourselves in a place where we are not perfect, where we have some issue that needs to be repented of. But the idea where the Lord doesn't hear a sinner's prayer is there are, there are people that might pray and ask the Lord to bless an unrighteous thing. If a bank robber prays that the Lord will help them get away, the Lord is not going to hear the bank robber's prayer. Uh, you know, if uh, someone is acting in a promiscuous way and they pray they don't get pregnant, the Lord is not going to hear that type of prayer. There is a principle, and the principle is wrapped up in the scripture, God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Uh, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. If you sow the spirit, you will reap life everlasting. And so if, if we have an unrepented heart and we are not willing to turn from our sins, uh, we, we have some things that we're not willing to quit, we're not willing to let go of, we're not willing to walk away from. Um, that is one of the biggest reasons why prayers do not go answered because our sin, our participation, our dedication our unwillingness to repent from sins will keep our prayers from being answered. Second reason why prayers are not answered is an unforgiving spirit. Jesus said, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins. One of the most powerful things that we can practice in our personal life is the practice of forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the greatest ways that we operate in a dimension of grace. God forgives us of our sins and not because we deserve it, but because he's good. But how we mirror and and perpetuate God's goodness in our life as we forgive others that may not deserve it, but we forgive them anyway. Because God has been so good to us, the way that we, the way that we honor God's mercy in our lives is we are merciful to others. Jesus said, blessed are they which are merciful for they shall inherit, they shall, uh, they shall receive mercy. And so it's important to understand if you, if you hold bitterness in your heart, if you can't forgive someone, you are in all, in fact, not hurting the person that did you wrong. You're hurting yourself. Forgiveness is not about the person that hurts you. There, there is, is a blessing that potentially you could pray for them. What did Jesus say? To forgive them, to bless them. And ultimately, Lord, pray, Lord, God, I don't want to see them go to hell. If they keep doing what they did to me, they keep doing to others what they did to me. Lord, they're they're going to go to hell. Lord, I don't want you. To, I don't want any. 
I don't want them to go to hell. Lord, forgive them, bless them, help them be, to, be saved, to be saved. And it's not easy to do. We've all been betrayed. We've all been disappointed. We've been cheated, lied on, mistreated, talked about, cursed, uh, mocked, uh, gossiped. Uh, we've, if you live long enough, we've all experienced different uh, levels of severity of that. And the bottom line is the best way to experience God's blessing in your life is to practice the habit of blessing others. And one of the ways we do that is through forgiving others. Forgiveness is a gift. I think faith is a gift. And uh, forgiveness is a gift God gives us. And forgiveness is a gift we give others. Faith is a gift that God gives us. Faith is a gift we give to others. And in some ways, I believe faith and forgiveness are a muscle. You exercise the gift of forgiveness. If you've ever lifted weights, uh, I have, not a lot. But if you've ever lifted weights, you, uh, uh, you, know, you start out with a smaller weight, let's say 10 pounds, and uh, you do uh, three reps of 10. That's not a lot of weight, but if you lift that 30 times in a short period of time, you're going to be sore the next day. And at, if you do that a couple of days later, you might go up to 12 pounds and then 15 pounds and then 25 pounds. And, and at some point, if you keep exercising your muscle, you can grow in strength and be able to lift a weight that you couldn't even budge. You could, you could actually put it over your head. You exercise the muscle of strength, the strength in your muscles. In the same way, forgiveness. A lot of times the reason why people have a hard time forgiving big things is they don't exercise their muscle of forgiveness on the little things. The greatest gift you can ever give yourself is to exercise forgiveness and blessing others when they do the smallest slides so that when hard things come, you will be better prepared to forgive others. And ultimately, when you forgive others, you are opening up the windows of heaven so that the Lord can hear your prayers and your prayers can be answered. An unbelieving heart. Number three is uh, Jesus, actually James said, but when he asked, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that that, that man should not think he shall receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. So what does that mean? You got to believe the Lord can give you what you pray. And uh, uh, you, you, you got to believe the Lord loves you. And, and you, you, if you believe the Lord loves you, I, I, I'm going to give you another scripture here in a little bit. But th there is a principle. You got to believe the Lord loves you. He cares about you. He wants to help you. And it, he wants to help you. And so if you pray, you need to be able to engage your faith and ask the Lord to do something for you. You can believe him for. Lord, bless my day. Can he bless my day? He's God. He made everything. Yes, he can bless my day. Lord, help me on my job. Lord God, I pray for a raise. Lord Jesus, keep your hand on my children. Uh, if, if you believe the Lord is able to do a thing, you could pray it. And if it be according to his will, it will be done. And so... Uh, 
ask for it. I mean, if you ask the Lord to bless you, uh, you haven't lost anything. You can pray anything in his name. If he doesn't answer that prayer, that's between him and you and God. But I, I, you know, the scripture says in James, and I think I'll get to it here in a minute, you have not because you ask not. A lot of times the reason why many people live below their privilege and live uh, outside of God's will is they don't pray. They, they, they operate in the dimension of carnality and doubt and, and just unwilling to stop for a moment and think about the Lord and pray. Lord, Jesus, right now, help me. We, we, we pray, we, not just the conversational prayer I talked about at the beginning, but, but focus prayer. Lord God, I need you to help me, to bless me. Lord, I want your will to be done. I pray you send a revival to Clinton, Mississippi, to Raymond, Mississippi, to Jackson, Mississippi, to Flowood, Mississippi, to Pearl, Mississippi. I live in Mississippi. I live in central Mississippi. And so I pray for the community that I, I live in. I, I see different people every week, people I go to church with, people I go to Bible study with, people I go to prayer meeting with, people that I see when I go to restaurants. And uh, as the Lord puts people on my heart, I pray for them. And I believe it's our responsibility of, as believers to pray for the people in our life. So you've you got to believe what you're asking for if you want the Lord to answer your prayer. Number four, improper motives. Uh, James says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. You know, I, we live in America, and I know this is very true for us. Uh, we are very materialistic. Uh, we... And I, I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about me. We are very in tune with the things we own. Uh, we you, Most of us have more, sh more shoes than we really need. We have uh, more, we've got more than we need. But it seems like as soon as we purchase one thing, immediately we have almost forgotten what we just purchased and we're immediately thinking about something else we're going to purchase. And we can be so consumed with things that we want <laughs> that, that sometimes we get to praying for things, praying for money so that we can buy things. And we are, we're asking for things. And the Lord, the Lord is good enough not to give us everything we pray for when we're praying with bad motives. We're praying with materialistic values that we want something now. God, I want a Gucci uh, billfold. I'm not saying that's a sinful thing, but if you're uh, if you're having a hard time paying your car note, spending money and praying for money to buy a Gucci billfold, I would say that your priorities are a little out of whack. Wouldn't you agree? So, we need to be sure that when we pray, we're not just praying for our selfish motives, that we're just praying for the things that we want. God, I want this. I want this. And as long as God has given me what I want, me and Jesus are tight. But, you know, <clears throat> you know, the scripture says, when a man's ways please the Lord, the Lord will give him 
the desires of his heart. If my ways please the Lord, God will give me the desires of my heart. And I've heard this. I heard this uh, someone tell me the other day <clears throat> that uh, it's not the other day, a couple of years ago, uh, a young man that I love, he's a great guy. And he was telling me, he said, you know, I always thought that meant that if I wanted a Lamborghini, God would give me a Lamborghini. He said, but I realized that if my ways please the Lord, God will cause me to want the right kind of things. And I'll want what God wants for my life. And so our prayer should be that, that God wouldn't give me what I want, but that I would want what God wants to give me. That I would want what God wants to give me. And that's part of the reason why sometimes the things we pray for, God doesn't give us those things because what we want isn't what God has for us. And so we have improper motives. We have improper requests. And God is so good to us so many times not to give us what we want because what we want might be counterproductive to us. I remember one time, it's been years ago, <clears throat> there was a young man uh, that I uh, was a, a youth pastor and uh, he wanted this job at this certain place and he had been praying for it for a long time and it just never would work out. It was never would work out. It would never work out. <clears throat> and I suggested to him, I said, well, you know, you, you might consider, you know, the Lord might have something better for you or maybe <clears throat> the Lord sees that's not good for you. Time goes by <clears throat> a couple of years and somehow or another, he figured out a way to get in. He got at that job. And within two years and getting that job, he had lost his home, his wife, his children. Oh, he had a good job, but he lost everything else. So we need to be, be willing to be humble and honest with God enough to say, Lord, I want your will in my life. Because one of the greatest blessings the Lord ever does in our life is, is he doesn't answer some prayers. I believe there's a country song out there, <clears throat> something about uh, God's unanswered prayers. And uh, that's more than a country song. It's, it's the tragedy of a lot of people's lives is people don't take no for an answer and they figure out how to lever the things they want, even when maybe that's not what God has for their lives. Uh, number five. Oh, man, y'all are going to love this one. Uh, number five, an alienated marriage relationship. Your relationship troubles with your spouse can hinder your prayers. <laughs> I've been a pastor for about 25 years. I've done a, a little bit of marriage counseling through the years. And uh, I have seen, in fact, if you're married, you know how a, um, a sour relationship with your spouse can hinder your prayers. It can hinder everything. It can hinder your good attitude. It hinders your faith. And ultimately, the scripture says, uh, Peter's talking to husbands, but I believe it's uh, applicable to everybody in the relationship. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner 
and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Men, you need to treat your wives with respect and understand she plays a special role in your family. And if you want your partnership of marriage to produce God's blessing in your life, you got to figure out how to work together. Got to figure out how to have peace. And I, that goes for women too. Uh, you know, uh, men and women, it takes a hundred percent from both people for things to be like they need to be. There has to be a humble love. There has to be a, a gentle uh, mind toward your spouse. Uh, and and, and you, you think about this, uh, you think about how forgiving mothers are toward their children. You know, you see, you see, you've seen the parent that don't think their children can do any wrong. That's kind of a, it's kind of like, like a lens we put on, we see our kids and, and I know this isn't you, but you've known people like this and they put on their lenses and they can't see anything their little baby had ever done wrong. <clears throat> and, and that, you know, that causes trouble with your children, but I think that, you know, I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about being, I'm not talking about dumb or uh, violence, but you know, it do it do us all a lot of good if we would put on the our love lenses when we look at our spouse, and we realize, hey, we're in this together. I want my wife to go to heaven with me, and uh, I know that my wife wants me to go to heaven with her, and uh, it's we're in this together. And if we don't take serious our personal responsibility concerning our spouse. It's more than our prayers are going to be hindered. I've known people that have lost out with God because they didn't put a priority on their marriage. So uh, a bad situation in your home, you got to fix it. You know, I, in some of my marriage counseling in times past, you know, I likened it to you're both in a boat. And if you're in a boat out in the middle of the ocean, you're not trying to blow up the boat. You're trying to make sure the boat floats because the same thing that's going to save your partner is what's going to save you. So you do whatever you think that you can do to keep the boat floating. And uh, that will help your prayers be answered. Ah, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, Half-hearted prayers. Prayers that just lack heat. Uh, Peter's in prison and the church earnestly prayed to God for him. And the Lord got him out of prison. Uh, James 5, 17, the Bible says Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. If you keep reading, you know the story about Elijah. When it came time for it to rain, he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly and it rained and rained and rained and rained and it was a miraculous rain rain like you've never seen. And so earnest prayer. I'd like to say this. I, I you know, I, I take for granted that, that, that sometimes, sometimes you know something and you just take for granted that everybody else knows this. <clears throat> prayer is words. You going to say that with me. Prayer is words. When you are praying in your mind, that's not prayer. 
It's meditation. Prayer is where Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. He did not say you have not because you think not. Prayer is words. If you do not pray out loud, if you've not learned, if you've not discovered the blessing of using your voice box and let your minds, your mind's thoughts toward God come through your mouth, <laughs> get ready. You're about to experience the blessing of what prayer is. Prayer is words. Jesus' disciples heard him pray. When, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, he did not, they weren't hearing his thoughts. They heard his words. Prayer is words. And prayer, if you will pray, if you'll get in the spirit of prayer, you will tap into this, this dimension of earnest prayer. The Earnest prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Earnest. Uh, that, that Greek word uh, means heat. Earnest. <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I've told many people dealing with various frustrations and discouragements. And sometimes when we're feeling discouraged or frustrated, we, we vent. Uh, we cry, we shout. And I tell people, use that, that emotional energy and cry out to God. Cry out to God. Look to the Lord. Call out on the Lord. Seek the face of the Lord. Lord God, these are my kids. Help me with my children. Help me with my bills. Help me with, with my job. Help me with my wife. Help me with my parents. Help me, Jesus, earnest, fervent prayer. And uh, uh, sometimes the reason why prayers are not answered is it's never more than just a, oh, God, I love you today as we walk out the door. Oh, God, bless my food as we're about to eat. And that's the depth of a person's prayer life. Prayer is words. And you are going to have to spend some focused time in prayer if you're going to experience the benefit that is intended that God wants you to experience in prayer. And so this is the seventh thing. And there are other reasons why prayers are not answered, but it, you know, God, God knows what's best for you. You know, God knows what's best. And so how many times have we, have I, I've, I've, there are things I've prayed about. I've been praying about for a long time. And to this day, they haven't happened yet. I really have faith about those things are going to happen. But it's not been time. It's not been the season. It, for whatever reason, it's just not happened yet. And so I pray, Lord, according to your will, not my will, but thy will be done. And when we will just have a humble heart toward God and say, Lord, I pray that you, oh God, would bless me with a, you know, with, with a million dollars, let's just say. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking the Lord to bless you financially. I believe that in many cases, it is his desire to bless us financially. 
but everyone's not blessed financially. I think the reason why many people uh, struggle financially is the Lord knows that you'd go to hell if you had a million dollars in your bank account. Um, and what did Jesus mean when he said, what profit of the man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? What would profit the man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? There's a lot of people that gained the world and they are going to hell in the handbasket. You know, on our on our cell phones, you know, uh, there's different YouTube accounts. Uh, there's different Facebook people. And you see, you know, you see people's social media life. It may not be real, but it looks nice. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't share. I don't share. I, I'm glad everyone that's on my feed doesn't share a picture of your busted toe. I, I don't want to see your busted toe. I don't want to see where you cut your finger off. I don't want to see where a dog bit bit you uh, on, on the ankle. I mean, I'm sorry, but I just... And so I don't share stuff like that on social media either. And truth of the matter is most things that people post on social media, it's good times. It's a good time with your children. It's a good time with your wife. We don't post pictures of when your children are acting like my kids can act and when your parents are mad at you and your wife is frustrated with you and you you know you, we don't post bad things about our life. But you know some things in life God chooses chooses things we wouldn't choose for ourselves. I mean if you look at the Bible look, look at people's lives in the Bible most of the things that you read about, these are not things we pray for ourselves. Oh, God, I want to be like Daniel. Lord, God, I want to be in the lion's den, Lord. I, I want, Lord, I pray somebody tie me up and throw me in a burning furnace. Oh, God, we don't pray that. But these people that, that were serve the Lord, they were righteous souls. They experienced hard times. And, and I know, I do know, uh, you know, I, I preached a message the other day about Esther and it's a, it's incredible. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, just the way the Lord can uh, fight our battles, how he can cause those that would desire to curse us and God will just bring the heat down. On them. Haman built a gallows to, to hang all the Jews and he and all his family were hung on the gallows. Look at what God did to save, to save his people. That's awesome. But the Bible's full of people who suffered and died because the Lord chose to allow them to come to his house. Uh, uh, James was beheaded John was beheaded. Peter was crucified. Uh, John, the beloved, though they could not, did not kill him, they boiled him in oil and put him on a prison island. The people in the Bible, they went through hard times. Do you think they prayed for the Lord to deliver them? Absolutely. Oh, God, deliver me. You know they did. I mean, one of the greatest examples of this is Paul. Paul describes the situation in his life. He said, I had a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet me, to tempt me, to, to harass me. And Paul said, I asked the Lord three times to remove this from me. And the Lord said to him, 
My grace is sufficient for thee in this. For in your weakness, I am made strong. My grace is perfected in you. So that's a, that's a reason why some of our prayers are not answered. Sometimes the Lord knows that the best thing that can happen in our life is difficulty. That's I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But that's that's the hard facts. The hard facts are in this world you will have tribulation. Jesus said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ himself, he prayed in the garden. He, he prayed at, and as it would sweat like great drops of blood came and he said, Lord, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But if not, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus Christ, the son of God, who we have an example of someone that prayed more than anybody else we know in the Bible. He, the Bible shows us he was a man of prayer, prayer, prayer. He was a praying man. And if the son of God, God manifested in flesh, gave himself to prayer, how much more should you and I give ourselves to prayer? Because you are not, I am not God manifested in flesh like Jesus was. I have the spirit of God. I need to pray because I've got flesh. I got flesh. You got flesh. And prayer is something we do to try to keep ourselves plugged into God. It's not just so that, you know, God and, and prayer and serving God isn't just like going to the to the boats and 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 you know, pulling on the uh the what is not the lottery, the uh slot machines and just praying for blessing. No, sometimes God's will is difficulty. Sometimes God's will is uh a cross. And so as a believer, we must be willing to do even as Jesus taught his disciples. If any man come after me and want to be my disciples, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And that's at the end of the day, in our pursuit of God and his will, we must recognize there are some prayers he's not going to answer. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want God's will. I've said it before, Lord, I want your will to be my burning desire. I know that over the past few years, I've developed a, a little litany when you have a prayer life, there are scriptures you learn and you pray them when you pray. There's certain things you pray every time you pray. And uh, th there's some value in that. One of the things I pray often is this, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. I want all that you have for me. I don't want to miss out on anything that God has for me. But Lord, I don't want anything that you don't have for me. I don't want God's, I don't want to be out God's will. I don't want to have something God doesn't want me to have. I don't want to want something God doesn't want me to have. I want his will to be in my life. 
because his will is the best will. His will is better than my will because he's God and God loves me so much. He knows what is perfect for me. You know, I, I can I can say this with uh, 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 full assurance. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the will of God. I, I, I am I am I've got what God has given me. And there's been times in my life I've stretched for things. I wanted things. I've prayed for things. And thankfully, the Lord said no. One of the greatest things I was ever told that, that I live with the reality is God gives his best to those who leave the choice to him. And I trust that God will give me his best, what's best for me. And learning how to pray, Lord Jesus, I pray for your will in my life. I want you to bless my, 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 my spouse. I want you to bless my children. I want you to bless my home. I pray you bless my finances. I pray you bless my church family. I pray, God, that you'd send revival to my community, Lord. Bless my neighbors, Lord. Those that are sick, Lord. Those that are going through a hard time, Lord. I pray that you, oh God, would... Touch them today. Help them today. Lord, let me be a witness for you. Lord God, I want to find somebody that's hungry for you, Lord. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God in their lives, Lord. Lord Jesus, if there's anything in me that's not right, Lord God, show it to me. Help me to repent of it, Lord. Help me, God. I want to be right. I want to be ready. Amen. You know, the other day I was thinking about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was greatly favored of God. God loved Hezekiah. He was a man. God really honored Hezekiah. And what did God do? God sent the man of God to Hezekiah and said, get your house in order. You're about to die. Now Hezekiah heard that and he thought that was terrible, which most of us would. I mean, we all want to go to heaven, just not today. <laughs> And Hezekiah, you know, he was so upset. But you think about that. What a, what a favor that was. He was able to, he, the Lord gave him an opportunity to get everything in order. So that while he goes to God's house, when he leaves the house he's in, everyone that loves him is prepared. They know, hey, Papa has gone to God's house. But Hezekiah had a chance to get his house in order. How many people pass and they leave absolute insanity? They leave so much, so many questions. They don't, they don't fix relationships and they just leave so much heartbreak. And oftentimes, well, we won't go into that, but you, we all know we've lived that. Hezekiah was a good man and the Lord blessed him to get things in order. I, I've, heard, I've heard situations throughout my life where someone you know, it might have been a car wreck. It might have been something. But but they knew that something inside of them and their family would say, you know, they called me just the day before. that they Even though they didn't know they were going to have a car wreck or fall off a ladder, that there's something. The Lord let them know something was going on. And they were getting their house in order right, right before they went to the Lord's house, God's house. And just just think, just imagine with me, just, just imagine with me, the Lord sends me to you today. And this is a message from the Lord. Get your house in order. 
that now I'm not, yeah, I don't know who's watching this or who's going to watch this, but let's just say that you get your house in order and you don't die. There's no downside to getting your house in order and to keep living. <laughs> there's no downsides of getting your heart right and keep living. I mean, you want to get your heart right if you're about to die. You want to go, you want to go to heaven, right? But there's no downside of getting your house in order and getting your heart right with God and not dying. In fact, truthfully, getting your house in order, getting your heart right and living is really where we can experience the peace and the purpose of God. And I know that's what God truly wants to do for us. So I hope that's been a blessing to you. I have a lot more. I may just teach uh, the rest of this lesson next week. It's been 45 minutes and we've had quite a few here on, on with us. I have it on, uh, I think, six different streams, YouTube, uh, Twitter, um, different pages on Facebook, my personal page, our church page. And uh, if, you've if you've listened to it this far and if it's blessed you, I encourage you to share it. You never know. It might be a blessing to someone. Uh, one of the greatest blessings you will ever experience is when the Lord doesn't answer some of our prayers. And the greatest prayer we can pray, Lord Jesus, I want your will in my life. And that's one thing I believe if we pray for the Lord's will, anything according to his will, the Lord will answer that prayer. And my prayer today is that you would experience God's will. If God has something for you, I pray you get all that God has for you. I pray you want what God has for you. And if there's some things God doesn't want for you, I pray that it will not happen. I pray those doors will close. I pray the Lord will touch your heart to know this is not God's will. And that's the best thing you could pray for. I want God's will in my life. And I'll just say this. I'm going, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you'll seek First, his kingdom and his righteousness. You're going to have everything that God wants you to have. I believe it. Well, God bless you. I'll be back next Monday at 6 o'clock. You want to put it on your calendar. Uh, my goal will be to be back. And next week, we're going to talk about how to pray. Send me an email if you have some questions. You have some things you'd like me to discuss. I, I love a good question. So God bless you. Have, have a great night.